The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, one good comic book cinematic universe deserves another. That's right. We're going to hashtag release the podcast, talking about DC movies, past, present, and future. I'm Riggs. I'm Addie. And this is the Film Addicts Podcast. <laughs> Hey folks, welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. Um, here with my good pal Addy. And uh, as I said in the uh, roundup, there we're going to be talking about the DC Cinematic Universe today. Um, Addy, let's let's get straight into it. Uh, where do you sit with these films? I know that you're you're a big DC fan. I'm a Superman fan, man. Come on. It's, he, yes, it's for all those who can't see, it, he's he's currently wearing a, a, a black Superman top, and I'm very impressed. Films are very interesting to me, and just their conception from from Man of Steel and how they got Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan in to to get that one made, and then the the so called downfall, and then and then the coming of the Snyder uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Well, you Which nearly was... said the Snyder Cut then, and you'll get in trouble for doing that. They don't like it when you do that. You'll get a letter from HBO. Don't fucking call it that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was. It's been a weird journey, a really weird journey from from Man of Steel to um to uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, so I'm, I'm a big superhero fan, I'm a big Superman fan, as you know. Mm-hmm. But my introduction to Superman was from the films, but I. But for you, it was the comics, so you go on first. What was okay, the sure. You know what? Mine, mine was the films too. Like um, when I was a kid and I started reading, like I said, talking about, uh, uh, you know, comics when we're talking about the uh, the MCU, my first comic was a Spider-Man comic. Um, so I was more of a Marvel kid. Also, just, just going back to the first episode there, thank you so much to everybody who listened um, and uh, and, you know, showed their support got in touch with us and, and, you know, said how much they liked it. And Addy was sending me pictures of people who were like watching it on their big screen TV, even though it's not a video, but people were listening to it. And it was just, the response has been so good. I'm yeah. just, so thank I'm, you so much. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thanks. And, and look, you know, I've been getting messages um, from people I don't even know telling me to go fuck myself. Um, I assume that's because of the podcast. Maybe that's just because of who I am as a person. But, um, and also... <laughs> I wrote that joke. That's I literally true. wrote that joke down, and I'm really happy with it. So, a proper joke, everybody. Um, also, uh, we will. Uh, you'll notice as well in, in in the post here. We're out. We're now on Spotify as well. We're not yes. just on, which is fantastic. Well done, Addy, for all the hard, the heavy lifting there. I just get to turn up and talk about fun stuff. So, um, but yeah, talking about comics. Um, yeah, I was a Marvel kid, and I was introduced to Superman through the uh, the Christopher Reeve film from 1978. Um, and I love those films. It's a really great series. Even the ones that aren't very good are pretty good. Um, but, uh, and that was sort of my introduction as, as a youth. And then when I was about seven or eight, uh, the, the Batman, uh, 89 film had already come out, uh, and I was aware of it, but I was too young for it to have any impact, but it was 1992 and Batman Returns came out. And it was the biggest thing on the planet. Um, and it was one of the first films I think I saw at the cinema. 
And that's that's sort of my my vestibule of getting into the DC cinematic universe. And then it's kind of like nothing really happened for a long time, honestly. There was a Flash TV series in the 90s with uh, John Wesley Shipp, which still rules, by the way. Um, if you get a chance to, to watch that, it's probably on some streaming service. It's big fun. Um, but the movie's kind of, apart from, you know, Christopher Nolan coming back with his Batman series, they didn't, they've never tried to do this before. It's not like they went all oh, an unsuccessful, I suppose Superman returns, but they never tried like a big cinematic universe before. I mean, Marvel hadn't either, but you'd think the idea would have come up sooner, particularly with DC because they have, you know, the justice league are more well-known than the Avengers. Do you know what I mean? So Absolutely. yeah, it's, and it's, yeah, it's interesting oh. that we got to this point. Uh, like so late. Uh, when did Man of Steel come out? Uh, it was 2013. 2013. Well, there you go. Like that was, you know. And I, do you reckon they they thought to themselves, this is the beginning. Like we're gonna we're gonna actually make something huge here, or was it just them trying to reboot Superman? So, I know for a fact that they didn't think there was a beginning for Man of Steel, because there's a film that most DC fans don't talk about which is the Green Lantern film with Ryan Reynolds, Ooh. which was... <laughs> yeah, sure. The, the, it's the butt of many jokes. It is, but it was also supposed to be the Iron Man for the DCEU. Is that right? Well, holy shit. I guess we just answered the question from last week, what would happen if Iron Man wasn't successful? They'd reboot the whole thing. Okay, all right. Well, so what would have been the plan then? I don't get it. Why start with Green no. Lantern? That's a that's a then again. Why start with Iron Man? That's a hail mary. Absolutely, it's a, it's a very weird choice with the whole production and everything. Mm. But as far as I can as far as I can remember, they had a plan to bring in Superman while they were doing the Green Lantern film. So there was always a plan to have Superman again. I don't know if if they wanted to just reboot. But it was 2011 when uh, Green Lantern came out, I believe, mm-hmm. which was one year before the Avengers. Right. And then Man of Steel came out in 2013, which was one year after the Avengers. So we have this we have this weird balance of this was DC before the Avengers and this was DC after. Mm. But I get that people don't want to talk about Green Lantern. It's fine. It's a it's a okay movie. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a lot of opinions on that. But... <laughs> you'd be you'd be the only one. Jeez, everybody's got an opinion about that. I didn't. I didn't not like it either. It was just. It was just. You know, whatever. It wasn't really. It, I think it was plagued with production issues more than anything, and that kind of bleeds into the the experience of it. But that's interesting. So so, Green Lantern came out first, and then the Avengers happened. And then Man of Steel. So Man of Steel would have been shooting, you know, as the Avengers was being released. So they couldn't have broadcast that they were, you know, or telecast, not telecast. (laughs) That's the wrong thing. They couldn't have guessed. Let me say that. They couldn't have guessed of what the Avengers would end up being. So it's not like they they made Man of Steel thinking this is going to end up being a big cinematic universe. That must have been a post-Man of Steel thing. Absolutely. And just to go back to that point, I don't think even Kevin Feige knew how how big that explosion for uh, 
the Avengers would be. Mm. Because it was such a big risk. And I really miss that era of MCU. It's not an MCU episode. I just want to put it out there that I really miss that era where it was like, <coughs> like the last really big risk they took was, I'd say the Eternals, but that's another thing. I reckon it's probably the end of Infinity War. Oh, yeah, for sure. But they yeah. already had a plan. Yeah, true. That's It's not like they were, you know, not going to do anything. If they just had it ended the cinematic universe there, it confused the shit out of everybody. But, yeah, no, I understand that. The the, the, the risk, you know, doing those, doing the Iron Man film and then, you know, Cap and Thor and then Avengers was, was, was pretty big. There's no way they could have known it was going to be what it was. But now they, they are completely fearless. So much so that, you know, later on today, Moon Knight is dropping. A Moon Knight TV show? Are you fucking kidding me? I would never in a million years have guessed that was going to happen. And I've been talking about it for a long time. Like, that'd be a really good, you know, show or something. And then here you go. But, um, yeah, so I, I guess my, my question is then, they get to the end of Man of Steel. It must do okay. Like, do you, know, do you have any idea how much money it made? Um. I think it made about 116 million in its opening weekend. Okay, so that's pretty, pretty damn good by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. So they've they've got this film, and it's you know they've got Henry Cavill. He's 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 delicious, um, and uh, he's got a, a very weird kind of. He looks a little bit like Christopher Reeve as well. He's a bit more built, but oh yeah, he's got a Christopher Reeve vibe about him, and and it kind of works. And Zach's like. Whether you like him or not, he's he's a hell of a filmmaker. Like he puts them together well. Um, it looks really good. I th- I do still feel like the third act of that film's a bit tone deaf, in that you've got a romantic storyline playing out while there's you know nine eleven imagery everywhere and you know dust and the just decay and the detritus of of Metropolis and these two people are making out. It's just. It's a bit bloody odd and weird, but I do I do quite like that film. And and you know, come at me in the comments if you want to. But it's a big one for you, isn't it, Addy? That's your Superman. Yeah, yeah. Henry, Henry Cavill is my Superman. But my introduction to Superman was actually Superman Returns with uh, Brandon Roth, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I believe that was supposed to be the part for the continuation for Christopher Reeve movies, right? Well, not really. Well, you, no, yes, you're absolutely right. It was, it was, it wasn't part four. It was supposed to be a retconned part three. So they decided to completely ignore Superman three and Superman four with Christopher Reeve. So Superman three is the one with Richard Pryor, um, where he's a computer genius, and it fucking rules. Um, uh-huh. I talk about it a lot. I love that movie. And uh, number four was the Quest for Peace, which was. Um, the last film that that, that uh, Christopher Reeve did, uh, but it was also plagued with with huge huge production problems that that was originally supposed to be released by the Salkins and then it was bought by Canon and they halved the budget just before production started and it was there was a lot of issues and everybody came back because Chris Reeve had a message that he wanted to send out which was nuclear disarmament is not a bad idea and as as beautiful and and heartfelt and naive as that is it's tough thing to do with superman when he starts solving mankind's actual problems you get into a narrative issue because you can't tell those stories and have them be you know 
it's the situation that we're in now. You can't have Superman turn up and 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 solve the the current crisis that's going on. It's just it's 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 divorced from reality and it, and it feels disingenuous. Um, so I think that kind of you know had had a bit of a failure. So they completely forgot about those two. And Brian Singer and and the 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 writers were like, okay, let's just say as if at the end of Superman two. Um, Superman flies off and and goes away and he's gone for like five years or something and then returns yeah. after looking at Krypton. Yeah, so that's why it uses the same score as well. Like it has the same kind of uh, uh, feeling about it. And uh, I kind of like that movie. I don't know. And I do too. You do. And, as well, uh, yeah. un- until until I watched Man of Steel in 2013. Mm. For me, if anyone ever said Superman, it was that image of Superman carrying the airplane like that and just landing it down slowly. Yep. That's the most Superman thing you can do. <laughs> that is pretty Superman. Of all the Supermaning he does, that's the most. Yeah. It's you're absolutely and, right. Such a such a and, good um and that's, representation sorry. of it. No, 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 go for yeah. it. And that was the opening. Like it's in the first fifteen minutes of that film. Mm. I think so. I'm not very sure. It's pretty, pretty damn close. No, it is. It's because it's the first. It's the first kind of thing that happens. You know, apart from you get everybody gets introduced, and then Lois is up there, and he's in the bar with Jimmy, and then away you go. It's a pretty impressive sequence. Um, I it, it also was came at a time when this stuff wasn't as, I guess, uh, like the spectacle was still a big deal because we didn't have all the Avengers movies yet. You know, um, the only thing that had come out that had been huge spectacle wise was Avatar really. And that was a different thing altogether because it was fantasy, but the, the, you know, saving of the, the Boeing jet thing and all that, it was, it was really huge. And it was, it was hard for, I think DC and, 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 you know, the heads of, of, whatever their movie division is. I know that it's Jeff Johns now and, and a couple of other people, but at that particular time, I think they weren't a hundred percent sure of how to, how to package Superman and yeah. make him be something that could sell because that, if you look at man of steel and BVS too, they're not for kids. Oh, I don't think, you, not. yeah. I mean, you can sell toys yeah. for them, but I don't, I don't think it's, you know, it's not morally, incorrect or anything it just feels weird because they're not i don't think they're made for you know people under 10 um i think they're more for for your sort of you know angsty teen kind of people like yourself yeah (laughs) (laughs) so okay we're talking about man of steel um which is which is successful you know you got to talk about zach um he's uh he yeah, like I said before, regardless of what you think of him, he's a hell of a lensman. Um, he does love movies, obviously, and he's he's a great tactician. Like he's a really good uh, uh, cinematographer, and and you know he clearly um, understands the cinematic language uh, to the point where he you know up until recently he he always shot on film, single camera. He never did multi camera shoots. You got to have a lot of balls to do that. Um, oh yeah. You know, it's cinematic, like metaphoric balls, not, you know, manly balls, but the balls to be like, I I am so sure of what I'm doing. I don't even need to cover it with a second camera. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive. And I remember like, just going back to Man of Steel, because that's, I have to go back to Man of Steel. No, that's fine. We're going to, we're going to circle back lots. Yeah. Um, 
I remember the first. Oh. What happened? <laughs> it's gone dark where Eddie is. It's like. Wait, give me one second. Did your light My just light just went up. Yeah. <laughs> so give me one second. That's right. It's gone tonight. All right, I'm just going to talk to the folks then. I'm just going to have a chat with them. So Addy's currently, this is what happens when you do podcasts and you, you don't go back and edit them in their entirety. You, you get to watch your friend fumble around in the dark, <laughs> like The Shadow. Now that's a good movie. There's, is anybody out there who's seen The Shadow with um, uh, uh, Alec Baldwin? I know he's not very popular right now, but um, yeah, from the 90s, uh, based on the old school radio show awesome wells did that as well it was like a pulp novel thing really cool it's it's cheap as and it looks kind of dodgy but if you get a chance i would absolutely go back and, and check out the shadow um addy's just put his head back, headphones back on wondering why the fuck am i talking about the shadow um you'll you that you, that'll be good for you because when you go back and listen to the recording when i send it through mixed later you'll be like when was he talking about the shadow and what was i doing <laughs> that's what's up um are you all good you're right yeah. All right. That's 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 live, baby. Um, yeah. So you were talking about going back to Man of Steel. Do you remember what your point yeah. was, or have you forgotten? I do. I do. I remember it today. Mm-hmm. Good so, job. I I remember the first ever teaser for Man of Steel. Oh, I could be wrong here, but the first ever teaser that I saw was uh, it's it's in that scene where he takes the flight for the first time in the suit. I, I think it's just a three or five second teaser with him, just his fist down and and then like the rock starts circling around him and yeah. he, he just bursts up and he says, man of steel coming soon. Yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, and I remember like I bought this shirt and every time I wear that shirt, every time I wear this shirt, I do the same thing where I, where I kneel down. I just imagine in my head that I'm taking off like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a nerd i love it that's the best no you're right i used to wear um uh, there is something about that symbol um uh, and, and like that trailer you're right it was really powerful the the distortion of gravity around him as as his like inertia starts to build up and then he bursts and also uh, there was another trailer which was um uh, a young boy with a a red cape yeah and it was yeah. like hanging he was had his hands inside just and the mute like the Hans Zimmer score that's one of my favorite oh. scores of all time and uh god bless the man just just won an academy award for um for dune for dune um, even though they didn't give it to him on the night fucking idiots um but anyway yeah that that's such a great score but the um see now i've forgotten my point i was talking about something with the you're talking about you're talking about the trailer, the first trailer with the kid with the cape. Yeah, but before that, you were we were talking about um, the you know you were talking about the trailer, and I had another point, but it's it's completely gone out of my head now. So, it, for those of you who can rewind, um, you know, send me a text message in the future, or fucking whatever, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. The, the the campaign around it, like the entire marketing campaign, because I, I honestly wouldn't have really cared. Uh, no, not that I wouldn't have cared. I would have gone to see it, but I wouldn't have been as excited if they hadn't have, like, had a really, really smart marketing scheme where the trailers came out 
And not, it wasn't like they have now where you go and see the trailer and the trailer has three acts and it tells you everything. They even did that for BVS, yeah. um, uh, Batman vs Superman. Like the trailer for that gave away the farm. Like the entirety of that film was given up. But in the Superman one, it was still a little bit ambiguous. Yeah. And uh, when you watch that film, the first 20 minutes of that film are absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's Krypton and the destruction of Krypton. And to, to the people who haven't watched it, who I hope will now listen to this and go watch it. The Krypton in the Snyderverse is a mixture of Pandora from Avatar, Arrakis from Dune. Mm. And it's, and Tatooine from Star Wars. Yeah. That's the only reference I know. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> you're not a Star Wars man, but everyone knows what Tatooine looks like. What does it look like? Sand. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely is, right though, yeah. It is beautiful and amazing and it's it's it, they have weird animals. Like they, they have a turtle cow that's also a giant. Did you say they, a turtle cow? Yes, it's a it's a cow with a turtle shell and also has horns. Well then it's not either it's not a cow or a turtle then, is it? It's a something else. It's a Kryptonian Far art or something. That's just a a, a word I made up then. <laughs> That's nonsense. But yeah, you're right. The 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 design of it and um because we've never really seen Krypton as an organic structure. The the previous films and even some of the comics too had it as this sterilized crystal, um, very white, uh, opaque you know, uh, uh, almost ice planet, you know, it, it was just, yeah. there was no dynamics to it all. And then seeing it like the scene where, where, um, uh, Russell Crowe, why am I putting on an Australian accent? I'm Australian and I'm like making it more Australian. Oh yeah. Russell Crowe, you vagina. Like just that kind of, <laughs> you know what he's like? No, he's great. I love Russell Crowe. He's, he's good quality. Um, but, where he gets on the big, you know, sort of like dragon bat thing and oh, yeah. like flies it down, then goes and gets the codec. Like, you're right, the opening 20 minutes of that film, like I, I would happily watch, I know they made a TV series, but I would happily watch, you know, the Jor-El story where it's just him and, and, and Zod fighting over, over Krypton. That'd be pretty cool. And it's, it's, it's so beautiful and it's like you feel it when... When the planet implodes and then explodes at the end, you feel the weight. Mm. And um, I could be wrong, so correct me here. But most of the Superman films, they start off with uh, with just like that day of the destruction of Krypton. Yeah. Where they where they have to send off Kalel, and it's uh, I think Jarl says that we're sending him, we're sending them hope. Yeah. That's the consensus, right? Yeah. And. Uh, <clears throat> There's a very interesting thing about the entirety of DCEU where the introduction to to Superman in that universe is, why I say it's very interesting is because when we are introduced to Superman, it's a world that already has adapted towards the ideologies of Lex Luthor, where if a man, if a man has almost the same power as God, it's like he shouldn't be allowed. Okay, yeah, that's a really good yeah. point. Yeah, that's a really good point. 
and i think that's where a lot of people are like what well, it's a dark superman it's really not um in man of steel i love that i think man of steel is the first ever superman film to have superman just questioning himself too much like because for him the burden of his father and, and i love that you know even in the smallville series i i haven't seen it but i've done some research and uh, uh i think jonathan kent right his father earth yep. father jonathan kent yep. he dies of a heart attack correct yeah, i don't know about smallville he he does in in the original superman movie from 78 glenn ford played him and he he yeah, he has a heart attack in the when when uh, clark is a teenager so i assume that happens at, in smallville at some point i guess so uh <laughs> dead dad stuff man whatever so it wasn't a tornado that's that's the point yeah i think people miss i think people miss that point that zack was trying to make in that because to me zack snyder <clears throat> what he does is he takes these epic stories from the comics and he puts it in his head mm. and that's where he makes all of it like <clears throat> if you see if you see man of steel right it's a it's an origin story of a person who's who's trying to let go of his um of his burden because for most of that film he feels that he could have saved himself for being the way that he is because if he wasn't the way that he is he would have saved his father okay from that, yeah from that tornado yeah and i think i think that scene where jonathan kent in man of steel dies or just washes away dies from uh from the tornado from a tornado yeah yeah he got he, yeah. he he got whooshed away that's what happens when you get by a tornado that's exactly the word <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> but i understand what you're saying yeah uh so yeah uh that scene for me it represents what what his whole life will be after that that because moments before that scene he's he's fighting with his father saying that um he, why am i even listening to you not even my father yeah and um, which is such a dick move and it's on, like the la- it's it's one of the last things he said to him yeah brutal and it's and it's it's kevin cosner just doing that and and just telling him not to come because it's it's true that if if the world knows that he exists it will never be the same Mm. and uh, it's a, it's very very beautifully put again by kevin costner saying uh, people are afraid of the things that they don't understand yeah and it's i think it was a very conscious decision of not having jonathan can die of a heart attack but die protecting the secret of his son mm. and uh, and it's it's sort of like a passing of torch that i protected you for so long but now you have to do it yeah and and then he lives with that to even even in zack snyder's justice league where where we have that scene where we we'll get to that but yeah it's um what it's such a it's such a beautiful point to make because i i honestly hadn't thought of it like that um you know i thought it was just it's a, it's a great place to have drama you know it gives him uh it gives kalel uh a, a, like pathos and and a, and a lot of 
drive, you know, to be the the version of, of a hero that his dad would be, you know, okay with going out there in the world and doing these things. Um, yeah, I, and I the the dramatics of having him die in a fucking in in it's because I mean Superman can't. It's the one part. You know that makes me cry every single time in Superman seventy eight, where he's at the graveyard with his mum, with Martha, and um, we'll get to that. Uh, he's at the he's at the gravestone with Martha, and <laughs> stop laughing. Um, and he's literally saying over his father's grave, you know, all these things I can do, all these powers, and I couldn't save him. The, in in Man of Steel. He could have saved him, but his dad says, my life isn't worth what will happen to you if they find out. And he's not wrong. There is immediate distrust of, of, of Superman when he does reveal himself. The only person who really kind of gets him is Lois. Um, and power is, 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 it's something that people go up, especially in comic movies, but in everything, in life, in business. Power is something that you try to acquire to make you invulnerable to whatever it is, whether it happens to be, you know, some sort of uh, like takeover or if it's, you know, financial strife or if it's just you versus the other guy. That is, is what people try to attain is, is the strength to, to make all the decisions they want to make and not compromise, which isn't realistic. But Superman is able to do that while having ultimate strength and not be corrupted by it, which is which is kind of why I have a problem with Superman being the ultimate villain in 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 um, the Snyder Cut that he would eventually turn, because it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to write evil Superman, but it's it's like what would what would a, someone who is all powerful do if they were evil? Well, we know the answer to that. Isn't the better? Isn't the story better about a guy who has all that power but remains good? Exactly. Just a thought. Just a thought. Yeah. But that actually it, it brings us around nicely to. I mean, we're, we're not going to go through every single one of the DC films because it, we'll be here until next week, and we'll be doing you know the longest podcast of all time. But I think we've got to talk about BVS only because it's an interesting choice for a sequel. Um, and it's also, it is about that power. It's about, you know, power corrupting absolutely. And uh, Batman's character being so jaded, you know, there's that great line where he's, um, uh, you know, says how many years, um, how many good guys are left in in Gotham City and you know, how many stayed that way. He's, he's been fighting for so long, he doesn't believe in the cause anymore. He just does it, I think, out of, you know, some sort of strange loyalty to Gotham. But, it, it, like, in terms of it, the storytelling and, and, and where you go from one place to another, going from Man of Steel to BVS is really interesting. And I want to know what you think. Why did they do that? It, and and you, can, you can say it's Marvel. You can say they've seen Marvel success and gone, we need, we need to get ourselves to an Avengers-level movie as fucking toot sweet as we possibly can because they're, they're going to outshine us at every turn where, or that maybe they reverse engineer that like, we'll go big, you know, to start with, and then we'll go small, which is kind of what they've done. They kind of got us to justice league and now everybody's getting individual shits. So why do you think they go Batman versus Superman immediately after man of steel, instead of doing a man of steel sequel? Like a yeah, puppet. Um 
Steakwall. 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 Yeah, you know the man. Are you right? Steakwall. That's great. Like, are you writing these? Are these written them? <laughs> no, like what? Yeah. So what? What do you think for the Steakwall? Um, why, why would they go BVS? Why wouldn't they go Man of Steel 2 and maybe just tease Batman and then have Batman have his own movie? Like, what, what is it just the race to beat Marvel? I don't know. So, um, I think Marvel being a Marvel is a very big factor of how of how DCU ended ended up and how it's going now. Hmm. It's a it's a very beautiful flow where you see the impact and sort of let go but um coming back to bvs it was it was hard because i think what happened was I, i'd love to believe that it was zack snyder who came up with the idea of you know having bvs as this uh, second part but i don't think so because like i don't care what you think of uh, all of snyder versus snyder himself but the man gets superman so perfectly like he gets it and i don't think he would have just had batman and wonder woman in the second one mm. i think uh, it's a very very uh, it's a very ballsy move to have the end of super uh, the end of man of steel be be uh, the end that it is where he goes to daily planet and he is uh, he's introduced to lois and lois says oh, welcome to the planet and he says glad to be here when you end a film like that, you have a clear idea of where you want to go next, mm. right? And uh, I think it was, uh, what I believe is that I don't think that DC thought or WB thought that um, Man of Steel did well. And uh, they jumped the gun where they were like, oh shit, so Superman didn't do well. So what do we have? We have Batman. So let's just give Batman to them then. Yeah, because we have this universe, and let's just give Batman. We'll have even Wonder Woman there, and fuck it. At the end, we'll have the whole Justice League there. Because if that's yeah. what you want, <laughs> yeah, on on a Dropbox folder, like yeah, hell, wouldn't they use uh, Google Drive? I don't know. Dropbox put some money into that film, I reckon. Yeah, I, I completely agree. They've they've. It sounds like top level thinking, definitely, and they they were prime for a Batman reboot or a re something because they when was you know the Dark Knight finished in what 2010 the dark knight series okay. something like that or you know i, I think it was oh it was 2012 did did dark knight rises come out in 2012 yes i remember because it was uh, amazing spider-man was going to come out a month before that film was going to come out oh really or something okay. like that yeah wow. all right well just, just you forget how long in between the movies there are because it happened so quickly now like Batman Begins was 2005, The Dark Knight was 2008, and then you're saying Rises was 2012 because Nolan went off and made another movie in between those. But now yeah. they, they happen with such frequency that you don't you don't imagine that being the case. So yeah, anyway, that's beside the point. Yeah, I think they've they've got Batman, and then the the amazing stunt casting of Ben Affleck. I mean, say what you will about Ben Affleck. But oh, he's always he always done the chef's the chef's kiss of the Ben Affleck. I love me some Ben Affleck too. I I honestly do think that he's one of the most underrated actors of his generation. He's also a amazing film director. 
He hasn't made it. He hasn't directed a film in a while. The last thing he did was Live by Night, which I think is really good. I, I enjoy that film a lot, but it just didn't get any you know play because he at the time when it was getting released, he had accepted the role of Batman. So of course that's going to take all the press. But yeah, regardless of whether you like him or not, you can't say it wasn't a phenomenon. Batfleck, I mean. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that that's where we ended up. And I I do think he's great. He's a bigger Batman. He's a tall guy. He's like 6'6 or something or 6'4. He kind of felt the way that the people talk about those Arkham games. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, it's very much that feel, which I think, I dig it. I dig it a lot. Yeah. And I think the introduction to, to him or just like the first look of when Batfleck came out was just him. I, it's so weird because the first, the first, like the first, first look that we got the Robert Pattinson as uh, the Batman is him, is him looking down with the, with the Batmobile by his side. Mm-hmm. And it's exact, it's, it's exactly what Batfleck did. It yeah. was him looking down with that. That suit is so huge, and he's so huge in that. It's it's, it's just big. him. Yeah, he's just it's, a big guy. Yeah, you see him when he's doing the the CrossFit training and that, which is a which is yeah. a sequence I've rewound many times. That guy is beautiful. My God, no, seriously, what a what a specimen! Like I don't care. You, you could be you could be any 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 sexual dominant denomination you want. You cannot deny that he is in remarkable shape. Um, and, and to get there at his age with his history is is impressive. And, and I know because I work out all the time and I don't look like that at all. So props to him for getting in Batman condition. You know, these aren't, these aren't you know, that, that, that costume he wears is obviously sculpted and molded, but that's him in it. He's just looking oh, big yeah. the same way that Cavill is. They're just putting stuff on. And I think I love the design, the, the smaller ears, the longer front of the cow and you know that sequence in in bvs where he rescues martha um goes in and takes out like 16 dudes all at once and he's literally fighting like three guys at once that's batman that's batman yeah, that's... and I, I i enjoyed <laughs> the batman with robert pattinson you can you can check my review on the stitch up um i really liked it but you know, that's a young Batman. He hasn't been fighting for 20 years. You know, he's not... This is the Batman from The Dark Knight Returns. The guy who says, you know, from this position, there are three ways I can take this opponent out. Two of them will cripple him and one of them will kill him. And and makes that decision in a split second, you know, and, and takes out a bunch of dudes at the same time. Really, really cool. Like, you, you, you can't mistake it. That scene is baller. And I, f- I feel like um, I feel like uh, Ben Affleck's Batman is through through all the Batmans that we've had in the two thousands era. I'm not going to go back to the nineteen eighty version, but um, the two thousands because I know that's your Batman, right? Because Michael yeah. T- Michael Keaton is your Batman. Well, yeah, because I mean, Bat- we've talked about it for Batman Returns is my favorite superhero movie. Um, I love it so much. And yes, Michael Keaton in that is in that. But my my actual Batman, like when I read a Batman comic, and and if those of you uh, who who follow the Stitch Up with Regs on Instagram will know that I read comics every single day, in the morning when I get up, cup of coffee and a comic, and a lot of the time it's DC stuff because that's what I dig, DC and Vertigo shit. And I read a lot of Batman comics, and every, it doesn't matter what era or when I'm reading it or who the writer is, 
when I read it, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice in my head from the Batman animated series from the early nineties. He is my Batman. Um, and, and that's, you know, that series is, is sort of more, more for me than the, even the movies are. Um, but yeah, but you were saying like talking about the Batmans apart from Keaton. Yeah. Uh, apart from Keaton's Batman, mm. I think Ben Affleck's Batman is the most experienced. And uh, I, th- I think uh, might, um, people might go off in the comments. Go on. Fuck them. Um, Doesn't matter. No, don't fuck them. <laughs> we, love, we, love we love our listeners. I'm only joking. Um, I feel like uh, Ben Affleck's Batman is the most strongest of all. Like physically, you mean? I think physically and also the, just the way he fights. Yeah. And the way he the way he goes about like could you imagine it in like a million years you'd get a montage of Batman training to f- to fight Superman. <laughs> like that's <laughs> Come on. That's so true. That's so true. Literally building weaponry, like kryptonite based weaponry while hitting a tire with a mallet. Shirtless. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's You're the most important right. part. Yeah. And and he's also not just that you know being physically strong he's he's kind of even though he's broken down and he probably drinks a bit too much um, and he's uh, he's very jaded and stuff he's still doing it he's still yeah, out he's there still every night you know punching people in their necks and 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 you know taking on the worst of the worst. And and I always liked the the way that uh, Michael Uslan, the the uh, producer of the Batman films, and he's a he's a DC writer as well. He said it best: the 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 way that you describe the difference between Superman and Batman is Superman is is uh, like the fight to make things better, and Batman fights to keep things consistent and in the same place. It's not better or worse; it just doesn't get any better or worse. It just stays the same. And yeah. I like that. And Grant Morrison, the writer, says. Batman, like Superman fights the impossible. So brainiacs and, you know, world ending events and things like that. And Batman fights death. He's constantly battling with the, 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 what happened to his parents and trying to stop that to happen to other people. He's literally trying to defeat death. Um, and if you look at him through those prisms, Batman, and I've reappraised it too. Like I did one of the very first Stitch Up episodes I did with Hugo years and years ago, like 2016 or something, was about the BVS film. We did three episodes on it and I ragged on it a lot. Being older and wiser, I've kind of reappraised it and looked at it through the prism of the way that you understand these characters now. And if you think about them fighting the impossible and fighting death, that movie makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Now, should we go to a part where it doesn't make sense? It, okay, all right, I'm interested to see because I know that you like these films so much. I want to know where you find the, the parts that don't work for you. I don't like that the second film of Superman is the adaptation of the Death of Superman storyline. Yeah. I that like why would you do that? So early. And, and it was like, could you imagine going into a theater and not knowing that Doomsday is going to show up? Like. If if they wouldn't have released that trailer, anything else except that trailer, right? Or just mm. that trailer without Doomsday, I think it would have made a lot of money. But that doesn't take away from the fact that even if even if you watch the extended cut, which is like thirty minutes more, yeah, I think it's two hours thirty minutes or something. That's three hours long. 
Oh, the extended edition? Yeah, yeah. And it, it's actually a better film because you, you just... What it what it adds is is more sort of character stuff and understanding of what's going on behind the the bigger stuff and you know the actual bigger themes going on. It's um yeah I I, I liked it more than the original, but that's beside the um, point. Yeah, so I w- I watched the extended edition and I kind of liked it. I like that Dark Kent goes to Gotham and to Gotham Batman is something to be afraid of, not not like. Not at the end of the Batman that we live in, where it's um, that you know he's someone that will help us. It's it's someone that oh, if we do something wrong, we might get killed by this bat. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of threat there. Uh, and I like that, and I like those two worlds just you know coming together. And I I think Zach and I have pointed out that um, Metropolis and Gotham in the Snyderverse are sister cities. Yes, like New York and New Jersey. Yeah. And I like that. Like, I like parts of it, but I, I, I don't like Doomsday. And it's not just, it's not just because of uh, his, the way he comes out. Um, I also don't have a problem with uh, Jesse Eisenberg being the Lex Luthor that he is. Okay. I know that's a very uh, un- unpopular opinion, but. I feel like it worked with the tone of what, what they were doing. I just don't feel like it. It felt too soon to have, to have that big of a story, as a sequel to something that just sets up the universe. Agreed. There's a lot going on in that film, particularly the third act where you get, you know, you could introduce Diana Prince in that, and she's just trying to get a hold of that that you know artifact, or she's trying to steal information from Lex or whatever it is. And Batman run in, runs into her at that that function, and that's all you see of her. She doesn't turn yeah. up at the end, um, but they they had to do that because they knew they were going into Justice League. They had to set these people up. But the fact that Cyborg, Aquaman, and the Flash are all introduced like quickly but you know you you understand who they are or at least you do if you have any you know passing understanding of the comics but they don't get their own film before they're introduced in justice league i think is is it did a disservice to what would what we now understand to be the snyderverse i think if he had had the opportunity to maybe tag in a couple of other directors to make individual films while he was doing bvs or something and had it all happen linearly as opposed to, well, not linearly, um, uh, uh, horizontally instead of vertically, them being made at the same time instead of one after the other. And then kind of everything comes out within a few months of each other. And then Justice League, you probably would have got a better reception. The, 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 other, the other X factor, of course, is, is, is what happened in Zach's private life. And it's been talked to death, so we won't go into it, but everybody knows what happened to Zach. Um, and why he had to walk away from Justice League. That movie is not his movie. He's made that perfectly clear. No. His his movie yeah. is Zack Snyder's Justice League that was released on HBO Max last year, almost a year ago to the day, actually. It was like a week ago. It was a year ago. Um, that That film is... There's a lot going on there. There's a lot to unpack. It's really huge and all that stuff. If if he doesn't have that to happen, and we get to this point where 
you know, it's just been Man of Steel and BVS and then bang, we're into Justice League. Did Wonder Woman come before Justice League? It didn't, did it? Uh, I don't know why I think it did. Maybe no, I'm it wrong. didn't. It didn't, did it? No. It didn't. I think it came out a few months after. Okay. Um, anyway, if we're wrong, correct us in the comments. That's totally fine. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It did come out before... It did come out before Justice League. I think so. Yeah, no, it because must it have. Was... Because she talks about Steve Trevor. She does. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, she does. See, yeah. Well, we okay. didn't do our podcast research, but we knew it, so whatever. Um, yeah, so, okay, so you get those those three films, right? Pretty good setup. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, they're your big trinity. And then getting into, into the Justice League. Zack gets to do... Justice League. He gets to finish his Justice League and it's successful. Not to say that... the, the I mean, the 2017 one was not successful. Uh, like Clearly, the, the Snyder Cut is, or Zack Snyder's Justice League, was very successful. But it's not what we would have gotten had he been able to just complete the original. What do you think the, the landscape of things is things are now if the Justice League works? Do we get Ben Affleck's Batman film and we don't have Pattinson? Do we get these, you know, do we get a second Justice League film? Like, what does that look like? It's a very, uh, it's a very interesting question. Well, thank you. I do this for a living, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, Um, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by the the multiverse of possibilities, like somewhere in, in, in the multiverse, his 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 Justice League was the one that came out in 2017, and the DC universe is different because of it. Yeah, it's um, it's very, I know it's very unreal to to just say that Zack Snyder's Justice League exists mm. because for a long time it didn't, mm. but then again it always did. They just didn't acknowledge it. But um, to go back to your to your question, um, I I do think that even if we would have had his version of the Justice League in 2017, I I think he wouldn't have gone the route that that WB did, where we would have at least had a film with Wonder Woman and a film with Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Which, which I think then would have led to a, a much, a much better uh, Justice League that he would have done, mm-hmm. and then we would have gone on, and then we would have gone on from there to Aquaman. But I also don't think that if 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 Zack Snyder's Justice League or his version of the Justice League was uh, was released in twenty seventeen. I don't think in that world a film like Shazam exists in the no. DCU. Yeah, I, you you kind of stole my point from me. <laughs> God I'm damn sorry. it! Why didn't we? It's like when you turn up to a party and you dress the same as someone else. You're like, ah, shit. But yeah, you, you're. I think you're absolutely right. I don't think we get Shazam, uh, or um, uh, really sad. We don't get Birds of Prey, which is my favorite we don't. Of DC oh. pictures. So good. Birds of Prey is amazing. Birds yeah. of Prey is amazing. And you don't have whatever it is now. Like f- clearly Flash, you know, the Flash film that's supposed to come out, was supposed to come out ages ago, but has now been pushed back again. 
you know, I know how you feel about it. They're going to reset. They're resetting the universe in a flashpoint style, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, way. And and you've got you know Black Adam and all these kind of films that are, and now everything lives on the on its own. My 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 question that I asked you about what would happen if Zack's Justice League had have worked is is and you answered it perfectly is yeah you would get another Wonder Woman picture that wouldn't be 1984 it'd be whatever it is and they would all lead to Justice League in a really great way the way that the comics do you know when there's a big you know crisis on infinite earths which I just finished reading the the outside of those there is shit going on in individual titles that isn't in those 12 issues of what's what's happening in the world and how people are experiencing it so you're in a Batman movie, you know, Affleck's Batman movie was supposed to be kind of like Arkham, the, um, uh, 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 was it a serious house on serious earth? The, 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 I think that's what it was called the Grant Morrison graphic novel. And, and it was going to be set within the confines of Arkham. Really cool idea. Maybe that kind of looks the same, but while you're in Arkham, something happens, something big that is leading to justice league. I don't know. Uh, 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 what are they called? Those those things again? The the, oh, the um. I nearly said I nearly said oh New Gods, God. but that's not it. The, but the New little, Gods was another film that didn't happen then. Well, yeah, the the Ava DuVernay film, yeah, didn't didn't happen either. I think they were like, this is not where we want to be going. What are those things called? The flying bug dudes. Parademons. Bug, bug police. Parademons. Parademons. Parademons yes. Everybody. Do, do I redeem my point from the last uh, from the last podcast? Yes, yeah. You get, get <laughs> one nerd point back for Addy. I'm going to put it on the board here. Fantastic, well done. Yes, and then I want to say Demogorgon, and that's the fucking thing from Stranger Things. Like I'm all mixed up, but yeah, I, I feel like they would all kind of lead into each other, um, even more so than the um, than the the Marvel movies did because they only had, you know. It was really the, the things that linked them was the Tesseract and Loki was the things that got you to Avengers. It wasn't anything else. With these other films, I think they kind of would have bled into each other a little bit better. But that's all what ifs and maybes and I don't knows. So yeah, interesting to to think about though. I, I am I am glad that he got to um got to round it out with with yeah, the uh, with the Snyder cut. What what do you how do you feel about the Snyder cut? You were pretty. Pretty pumped. We we weren't friends yet, so I I don't know how you feel about you it. Know, we didn't. Yeah, we weren't friends yet. We didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> what was what was your feeling on it? Um. So, in all the Snyder films that he's done, like all the films that he's done for DC, um, Justice League, and to be honest, I didn't know anything about anything that happened before, like until after I watched. Uh, 2017's Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it annoys me because I, I didn't watch it in theaters, but when I watched it, it says directed by Zack Snyder. And it's the furthest thing <laughs> from anything that Snyder did in that universe. It's like, it says, it says directed by Zack Snyder in a slow motion and the slow motion is the furthest thing he's ever done. <laughs> For, for DC it's he loves slow and, motion what are you talking about it's his favorite thing I know but it's not him is it no that, that's, that's that scene that scene different. does not exist no, no that scene does not exist and yeah. uh, 
Good God. That, that... You should, like, I really wish in some ways that this was a video podcast because at his face, the turmoil on the poor dude, he just, it, it looks like you've just been told that, that, you know, you've both got to move house and, you know, go by boat to another dimension. Like, it's, the, the, the strain that this is putting on your mind. You're right. You're right, though. I I get it. I totally get it. Being the being the fan that you are of Zack Snyder and 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 what he produced, you cannot say that that film is his. The only in thing that even movie. remotely survives is the aesthetic, in that they had to match it. And and in some ways, it's that didn't happen oh. because well, no, just because the costumes look the same. It's the same oh, actors. Yeah. You know, it, it, they they have the basic same cinematography going on. Even though, for some reason, they decided the sky needed to be pink, because <laughs> in 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 the Snyder cut, it's like just a blue sky, um, and then but in in the twenty seventeen, they're like, nah, we're gonna we're gonna make it pink. Why? Because yeah, we we're gonna we're gonna go from bright blue mm-hmm. to sort of, to sort of pink, and then to full on red. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely like, right. Like if if you've ever been into a red room, which is where you where you develop photos that you take on film cameras, mm. it's dark that. Room, but yeah. like, it, oh yeah, dark room. Sorry, That's not a red room. That's where the Black <laughs> Widow was trained. We're not doing the MCU this episode. God damn. Sorry. Get with it. I, I watched. I watched. Uh, <laughs> I watched the. I watched an episode of uh, Haunting of Hill House again last night, and it was the red room. So that came in my mind. Oh right. Okay, that's fair. I haven't seen that show. Is it good? Oh God, it's it's amazing, dude. That we, I'll talk to you about that like, after the. We we'll talk about it, yeah. After no one wants to hear about that. This is DC. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry. When you're in a dark room, it's they've got the red light that's the, yeah. the non non effectant to the actual chemicals. Yeah. And it's that, but like the whole of the third act. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe what's his name? Um. Uh. See, now I'm getting names. That- it's not- it's not Dessard. Steppenwolf. Steppen, yeah, step in time, step in time, step in time, step in wolf, step in wolf, step in wolf. Oh, God. <laughs> I yeah, your elbows. Sorry. Yeah. It, I, I, I really like Steppenwolf, the band. No. I, I like uh, the character. I think it's a pretty cool character in, in the Snyder Cut because he's he's actually got a really good reason to be doing it he's he's you know he tried to betray dark side and he now owes dark side what was it like ten thousand worlds fifty thousand worlds worlds. you know that's 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 like if you were in vegas they'd take your kneecaps out for that that's what that is that's that's a gambling debt you just you know you never pay back um but yeah in maybe he was just in in uh joss whedon's or the 2017 version Maybe he is just a really big fan of photography. Maybe. I... <laughs> he just likes taking nice, like, centerfold pictures of his of his demon people. What are they called again? I've forgotten again. <laughs> what are they called again? Parademons. Maybe he just, Parademons. maybe he's, maybe he's developing, like, you know how, I don't know if you have this uh, um, where you live, but every year the fire brigade in local areas particularly in my area because the, the fire brigades here are quite big because it's a rural um they have like a uh like a charity calendar where it's all like firemen all sexy firemen like 
you know, with the, I'm just hang on, just the, the zip coming down there. And, you know, like wearing the thing and, but they're in fireman's gear. But, and then last year it was really good. They were like holding puppies and kittens and stuff. It was like, it was fantastic. It was such a good calendar. But anyway, um, meaning that it made a lot of money for charity, but like, maybe that's what, maybe that's what he's doing in, in wherever it was in the, in, in the Soviet Union or whatever, where he had this nuclear fallout thing. He's just taken sexy pictures of his, of his, you know, demon people. And, do, and putting together a nice calendar for, for back on, on the home world. It's just a thought. Yeah. You know, we don't yeah. see everything. <laughs> we don't. That's the thing. Thank you for humoring my ridiculous, my ridiculous rant then that had, had no through line at all. Oh, Christ. Here we are. Sorry, what were you saying? I'm glad, I'm glad that we didn't see everything that Joss Whedon did. No? What because do you mean? I don't. I don't think that's in. That's everything that he did. I think he just punched in stuff from what he reshot to what I think made sense to him. Mm-hmm. If you watch Man of Steel and you watch uh, and you watch VVS and just get rid of all the opinions of the world because the world seems to have a lot of opinions about these films. They have a lot of opinions about everything. Yeah, just but these films are like anyway. So if you just like. If you just watched those two films, it's in it's it's here to there. Like, what am I supposed to say here? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I have a you. point. I, I know. I know. There's a point there somewhere. Yeah. So if you watch Man of Steel and you watch BVS, there's a certain tone there, and it's consistent. No matter no matter what the story is, and no matter like how people talk. There's a tone there that's that's there, and it's fully Snyder. And and you see that when like when you watch the theatrical version of the Justice League, it's it's a full on betrayal. It's like it's it's such a big betrayal that it breaks your heart. Like what? Why? Where? Just <laughs> there's so many there's so many questions. Ooh, so much- yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it and it, do you think when you say betrayal do you mean like warner brothers because they had to finish this picture you know they'd put they'd invested yeah. so much into it Absolutely. But to have it to have it be then almost reverse engineered and come out a shadow of what it would have actually been and we didn't get to see that either because it's not the snyder cut that's something else entirely do you think it's is it warner brothers who who I'm not. I'm not placing blame on around, but do you think they're the people who right. made the decisions? I I think so. And again, I'm not blaming anyone here yeah. uh, because, see, when you're as big as WB and you have a big property like Justice League coming out, you have to finish it in by hook or by crook. So I don't. I don't blame them from get to for getting the guy who did the two Avengers films to to do. Like on on page and like on on fucking uh, headlines, it sounds amazing. The guy who did the first Avengers film is doing a Justice League film. It fits, <laughs> but it, but if you, but if you see Manosin and you see BBS, it doesn't at all. And that's that's the thing where um, I think even Zack Snyder himself said that the only conversation that Joss Sweden has had with Zack Snyder is that uh, he. 
uh, he said sorry for your loss when unfortunately his his daughter died. Mm. That's the only conversation they both have ever had. And when you when you see that film, it's it's so far away from. It takes away so much because even even like even even someone like the Flash in that film is so annoying at times. Really, what makes you say that? <laughs> like, I can't even start with the Ezra Miller of it all. That's he's he's that is that is one of the worst castings. You would have been better off putting a chimpanzee in the Flash costume because he just doesn't get it. He did, he's so far removed from Barry Allen. Um, and the other thing that's really weird about it as well is how the fuck did he get his powers? Because at the end oh, yeah. of that film, he, he comes up and says to his dad who's in prison, I got a job working in the, like the lowest possible level at the crime lab. But that's how he gets his powers. He's, he's working in a crime lab and the lightning strikes a rack of chemicals. So they never explain it. Maybe we'll get the explanation in the Flash movie, but it just was very weird. And and Ezra Miller is. Do you really think that? Do you really think that? Yeah, I do. We get an, ex- <laughs> we, get an ex- we get an explanation of how he got his powers in in the in the film that's that's retconning everything that was before his. Powers. That has <laughs> six other Flashes in it, and Supergirl, and two Batmans. Like, yeah, oh, it's, there's, there's a lot going on in that. And I think they're going to have a, a real hard time juggling that, the, juggling the, the way that they did in, in, in uh, uh, No Way Home. To get all that to work, the multiverse idea, you know, and multiverses, it's not a new idea. They've had them in comics for a long time and it's part of string theory. It's part of an actual field of thought about the possibility of, you know, not only alternate dimensions, but parallel dimensions that live alongside ours and a and a variant in mine like minor minor fractions of changes but there is one for every decision you don't make that's a really interesting concept it's and it certainly not a new one but it's a lot to carry and and spider-man did it well because it executed in the places where it needed to i feel like and i haven't seen it yet obviously no one has and the problem I will have with it, the Flash movie, is the fact that I don't think Ezra Miller is very good as the Flash. Um, he doesn't seem like he's a very nice person either. He's gotten in trouble again for assaulting some fans, which is garbage. But anyway, regardless of all that tabloidy stuff, he's just not a very good actor in my opinion. But that Flash movie has a lot of balls in the air. Oh my God. Yeah. And um, the guy directing it, Andy Muschietti, I hope I pronounced his name wrong. It's, it's, it's not um, that he's going to listen I, to it. I believe it's Andy Buschetti, and uh, and uh, it's how I used to pronounce spaghetti when I was a child. That's how I remember. No, yeah, no, you said it right. I think it's, yeah, the, the guy directed It. Yeah, uh, I've been a fan of his work. Uh, yeah, good choice. I've seen, the, I've seen the first film that I think it was his first English film that he did. It's called Mama. It's a... It's a very indie horror film with an amazing concept, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then I fell off and I didn't watch anything else. But I watched it. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't then watch I the it, it chapter. Uh, and I watched it. You haven't? No, are they good? Oh, the dude, the first one's so good, and yeah. the second one is like a isn't. It feels like a story. I know most people don't say that, but it feels like a continuation of a story. Okay. But if you actually leave those two films and just watch them separately, 
you you will also not miss anything. Oh, okay, all right. right. So they, they they kind of standalone and and as a double feature. Right, like like how they did with uh, how they did with Ghostbusters Afterlife, where if you haven't seen the original, it wouldn't it wouldn't take away from the experience of experiencing Ghostbusters again. Yeah. Yeah, right? you can still enjoy that right. film without the previous, but if you have previous, that's another thing. That's you're right. Yeah. Okay. So so Andy Biscotti, yeah. he 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 he's going to direct the Flash, and what what are you saying? It's a weird choice. Uh, no, I was saying it's a very it's a very bold choice for a guy who's doing horror to to then uh, put into uh, DC, which which I think started with um, it was James Wan who did. Aquaman, and then it was David S. David S. Sandberg, who did the Annabelle films, and uh, he did the best Annabelle film, which is the second one, mm-hmm. and uh, he did he did Lights Out, and then he did the Shazam film, and I, I've been a fan of the guy uh, when he was on YouTube just creating short uh, short films. Yeah, and it's so it's so amazing to see him it's just so cool. go to this point. He's and, also uh, one of those guys who, like, still, like, during the <laughs> pandemic was just making little short movies at home. He had the fucking oh, yeah. best idea to get, like, a little, one of those little handheld LEDs, just the three-panel LEDs, and put it inside a paper lantern and use that as diffusion for, like, for filming in hallways and moving on a rod. I'm like, you're a fucking genius. So he's just made, I mean, Shazam's not, like huge or anything but it was you know it's a big hollywood picture and he's at home you know making movies with you know a, a standard uh whatever you would like just a, a an slr camera and a fucking light inside a paper lantern what a legend to be able to go lo-fi like that i love it i love it and he goes and he goes on like that and he goes on with that mentality and that's what makes i for me i think shazam is the most underrated uh dc film because mm-hmm. People like a lot, a lot of criticism that I think it got, or the what I read of was that it doesn't feel DC. And if you watch that film, it's so DC that you can't even like get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, dude. Imagine, imagine a world where you're a kid and Batman and Superman and Aquaman and Wonder Woman they exist. That's a, that's that like that's a film that happens only only after uh, we get something like Joss Whedon's cut of yeah. Justice League. Yeah, okay. In terms of its sense of humor and its its lightness, it's um yeah, I can I can see what you're saying there. But I think I mean everything that came after that has been a bit different. Aquaman doesn't feel like a decent Aquaman feels like a really silly and over the top Indiana Jones movie. Um, you know, there's just so much going on in that film, and it's ludicrous, but it works. It I works. like that movie. I like that movie. I mean, there's some, there's some batshit crazy stuff going on in there, and the final, like the third act, the underwater fight, is exactly what you want for an Aquaman film to be: giant crabs fighting guys riding sharks with lasers attached to them. Like, are you kidding me? It's the best. That, yeah, like, that's, that, that's, that's a, something. Yeah, sorry. Go no, on. no, no, it's fine. I was just saying that it's it's it doesn't feel like a DC movie, but in the best way. Absolutely, and that's what you want, right? And I want to ask you a question, which is your, which is a callback to your your three part uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League video. 
I, Hugo, has he seen Aquaman yet? I don't know, actually. I we we started, uh, we did some shooting like two weeks ago or three weeks ago for a new show that we're doing called the Dystopian Disco, and where we talk about movies that are like set in dystopias and how uh, um, true to life they are compared to where we are now. And um, and we were talking about it, and and uh, but we weren't. We were talking about the those episodes and how they've been very popular. But we, I didn't ask him. I didn't ask him about uh, about the Aquamans. I need to. I'm going to have to send him a text. He's a very busy guy. Like he's a you know, he's a scholar and he's got two children and and uh, I don't know what else he does. Maybe he, he weaves baskets. I have no idea. But he does seem busy. Um, so just going back to uh, you know things post. <clears throat> excuse me. Post Justice League uh, and 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 pre Snyder Cut, um, you know, won't get into it too much. Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. I said nineteen eighty three before. I think it's nineteen eighty four. It's not a it's not a great movie. There's some some real issues there, um, and uh, you know, the Suicide Squad movies. The the first ones like was trying to play in Snyderland and it couldn't. I, I don't yeah. think it had the acumen. Um, and it felt like a, kind of a knee-jerk reaction, like we've got this cast, um, and and what do we do? Yeah, we need to do everything, and and so much so that it feels really fucking muddled. Um, and then they kind of there was a little course correction going on. I feel like they were like, okay, let's let's make these connected in the sense that they live in the same universe, but they don't have to feel the same. Marvel doesn't do that. Marvel has like they're all over the shop when it comes to genre. I mean, they all kind of look alike, but you know they've got a heist movie or a space opera or you know a, a political thriller or a you know a Shakespearean drama, those kind of things. And so they shifted, and then you get you do get Shazam. Shazam's a coming of age movie. It's like it is. Yes, yeah. it's, it's so perfectly done with so much heart and soul in it. It's big fun too. Like it, it, it's it's you know seeing those, and it's the ultimate. Uh, a, a story for for children as well, in the sense that it's wish fulfillment. Every kid on earth, including my the big kid in me right now, wishes they had superpowers. Wishes that there was some magical word they could say to get them out of whatever trouble they happen to be in at that particular time. You know, imagine if you could go through the dictionary and find the right word, and all of a sudden you're able to you know control lightning. It's such a, a beautiful metaphor for the inability to quantify uh, uh, aging and also maintaining some semblance of wisdom because those two things don't necessarily go hand in hand. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really good. And I like the guy who's, who plays Shazam. What's his name? Zach? Uh, Zachary, Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi. Great actor. Really good choice. Um, he's doing kind of like a... There's a bit of Deadpool going on there, a bit of Ryan Reynolds, but not so extreme. He's just kind yeah, of... No, he sounds like a kid. He does. In a grown-up body. That's the selling point. Mm. That's, that's the selling point, right? Yeah. And I love that ending. I love that ending where he's like, uh, say my name, and they all say, Billy. And yeah. Like, no, say the name that I do. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's great. And yeah, they all get superpowers and, you know, the, the kid who's kind of got the, 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 um, the leg troubles, he's got the brace on the leg, you know, he gets to be strong and it's just, 
yeah, it, it is a really you know I'm gonna fucking watch Sazam tonight. I don't even give a shit. That is that's a good movie, man. You're right. I enjoy that a lot. And um and Aquaman, like we talked about, you know that's that's super fun. James Wan's got such a great sense of humor, and he's got a really big he's a big ideas man. Like there's there's some really interesting uh, set pieces, and he's a master of action. Uh, he just controls the frame in a way that I don't think any other um, filmmaker has been able to in these series. Um, and uh, and my my personal favorite, I just want to talk about it really quickly, is um, Birds of Prey. And we we mentioned right it before. You you, right you are too. Yeah, it's just I love it. It's so good. It's it's narratively really interesting. Margot Robbie's an absolute treat. She finally gets to do something with the character. Um, Roman Sionis is the perfect villain for a female superhero group. He's so disgusting and so creepy and so like closeted and weird and, and, you know, but funny and threatening. And then, you know, spoiler alert, he gets blown up into chunks, you know, at the end, which is hilarious. And it's just, it's so good. And at the end, she's still a bad guy at the end. You know, she fucks off with the with the with the jewels. Um, so it's great tone, really great representation in, in in a like a genre of film that hasn't been very kind to women. And I don't just mean underrepresented. I also mean that even in the comic books, particularly where I was growing up in the nineties, the the representation of women in comics was skewed by a male gaze to say the least if you look at costumes and just drawing style and things like that like the reality around them is crazy and 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 that also leads into the movies like if you look at if you track harley quinn as a character on screen in the first uh suicide squad movie she's literally getting changed in front of everybody and there you know the camera i believe was all the way up her ass and it was just it was so manipulative and and weird and then you get to this film and she's just wearing like you know kind of like punk clothes um you know she's just a person she's like throwing up in in the bar that night and then next day she's waiting for her sandwich and it's just there was a a, like i i mean okay this is gonna sound weird i know women like her you know, and I don't mean I know insane clown people. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. I go with yeah, I, I know people like that. I know hard-nosed uh, 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 detective-type women. They're not detectives, but, you know, the, the archetypes aren't archetypes. They're just realistic representations of, of feminine and non-feminine traits without hanging a hat on it. And the perfect example that everybody points to is they're in the middle of a fight and Canary can't fucking fight because her hair keeps getting in the way so harley gives and, her a hair tie yeah it's, it's so perfect. simple so simple but makes it and from two two guys like we don't have a dog in the race like we, we're, we're not underrepresented in this in this you know uh, industry at all but I, I i like the fact that that it can be recognized that yes this is the move forward this is the way forward and the fact that that film didn't do well um and and isn't getting it, a sequel is a crime Wait, that please don't say that's real. Yeah, they're, that's they're, real. Yeah, I mean they're doing. No. There's a TV series coming out called Gotham Knights, which is the, in which Batman is, I think, dead, and that's going to kind of 
absorb some of the characters as well. And then you're also getting the Batgirl movie and stuff like that. But as far as I understand, that the the the, the Birds of Prey movie is not going to be sequelized. Harley might turn up in other things. Yeah, I mean, she turned up in uh, The Suicide Squad, which is also oh, yeah. fine. Of course. But okay. that, for me, that film felt so fresh and like this, like for me, like that was the film that like, okay, if this is where DC is going, I'm fully on board. Mm. If if this is how they go and move forward, I I, I love it. What a shame. What a shame that that film's not getting a sequel. That yeah, that, that breaks me. It's it's it's. I mean, it's nice sometimes when things live on their own, but I, I I do feel like there were more stories to be told with those characters, not just Harley and and um, Cassandra Kane, but with the Birds of Prey, the you know Renee yeah. Montoya and um, uh, Huntress and uh, the Canary, Black Canary. Um, is it the Black Canary or is she just the Canary? Yeah, I think I think comic name is Black Canary. I. I think in the film she's just she's just canary. canary, isn't she? Yeah, she's got the the screen. So. Yeah, you know that they're all that that's all very interesting. But I guess they're going other places. So I I wasn't a massive massive fan of the Suicide Squad. It was fine, you know. I enjoyed it. It did. It felt on occasion like someone. I know James Gunn wrote and directed it, but it, was, it sounded like someone trying to write like James Gunn. Um, it was James Gunnanese. Um, but then that led to. You know, and this might be another peacemaker. conversation. The Peacemaker series is fantastic. Like that's ah. one of the best shows that's come out of any of this stuff. Um, and they're, they're doing a lot of shows now. You know, the Batman spawning some things, and a lot of stuff's going straight to HBO Max. And Marvel have had their success on Disney Plus doing their own shows. So clearly that the model works. But Peacemaker was just so great, and and that was the he was the standout character in that. So I'll be interested to see where that all ends up. Um, I just wanna just wanna like talk a bit more about the pre the pre Snyderverse. Like, no, how the dare Snyder... you? <laughs> what do you think this is a podcast? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I do, we should we should talk about um we should talk about that absolutely. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like it was good good on uh, WB to finally acknowledge what they did wrong because a lot of people don't do that and um, and i don't i don't blame uh, wb for anything but man when he sees Zack Snyder's justice league you understand why ray fisher was so pissed for so many years mm. and you understand like for me that in that film ray fisher gives the best performance and it's his film yeah yeah it really is and when you go from when you go from that to what we saw in 2017, it's 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 very heartbreaking, mm. and you and you feel and you feel the guy's anger. Yeah, well, the, it, it just in performance, and and it's a shame too because he's you know he's a good young actor, he's got a great voice. Um, you know, it would have been interesting to see where where he would go with that, but it seems like he's kind of lost whatever love he had for the craft because of the experience he had and you know everybody's come out and said it, i mean we're not going to go into that like i said i'm, I'm kind of 
particularly after everything that happened at the Oscars, I'm kind of sick of tabloid nonsense at the moment. But just, you know, to talk about the effect it had on actors, Ben Affleck also said in a recent interview it was the worst acting acting experience of his life having to do those reshoots for Justice League. Gal Gadot's come out and said that it was the horrible environment. Um, it's, uh, you know... It's it's a shame that, that it's you know we're all making we're all just making believe here it shouldn't be this um it shouldn't be this hard on people um you know so I feel bad for Ray I, I hope he hope he finds another project to to you know give him some some joy again for the, for what he does very very well as a as a professional surely and uh, yeah I feel like I feel like where we are right now in March or the end of March of 2022 with DC. I feel kind of, which is, it's a universe where we have seen uh, the Batman and uh, it's come out. I feel kind of safe or I think safe. That's adorable. (laughs) That's, that's, That's the cutest thing ever. I feel safe now that the Batman's come out. I feel like we're all gonna be okay. Because the Batman, you know, and he's going to be, he's going to save us, which is ridiculous because spoilers, if you've seen that movie, he doesn't save shit. He's, uh, he actually gets into quite a bit of trouble. We'll have to make sure there's a spoiler warning at the start of this. <clears throat> but um, yeah, no, I understand. You, you, you feel you, like you can breathe a little bit easier. Like maybe, maybe the, um, the ship is, is, is in good hands again. Yeah, I feel very hopeful, to say the yeah. least. Yeah, that's great. For... I think there, there there are a few things that still break my heart, and uh, I I wrote I wrote a lot about just saying goodbye to because for me for me Snyder worse is is the Justice League that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. It always will it always will be like those characters. Like if I if I pick up a Batman comic if I, if I read something for, from a Superman comic, it's um, it's Henry Cavill's voice that I hear. It's Ben Affleck's voice that I hear, mm-hmm. and I feel like if if I have that now with that universe, I win, and I don't care about anyone who says that. You know, it's it's a shame that we're not getting a sequel or anything, because I don't think the releasing the Snyder Cut was about was about getting a sequel or not. It was always about get, giving Zack Snyder the justice that he deserved. That ironically, giving the, ironically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're and, absolutely right. Yeah, and uh, I am I'm absolutely fine with him not not continuing because he stated in interviews that he wants to move on, and of course, who wouldn't? Not right. Hmm. Like it was, it's a it's a film that means so much to him that nobody can ever imagine. Like that's something that he bears with him, right? And for us to finally see it was was just a dream come true. Mm. And I I have immense, I have immense love and immense uh, respect for James Gunn and uh, David S. Sandberg who set their films in that, in that uh, universe that was created by him. Because even if, even if he's not there for DC anymore, uh, I think he still did produce uh, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, but I don't know how much he was involved in. Mm. But um, 
but uh, spoilers for the last episode of Peacemaker when Justice League shows up. It's 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 his Justice League and it is yeah, uh, yeah. and it's it's something that was a, that was a relief that if um, yeah that you know it's fine if he's not there uh, doing DC stuff anymore. That's that's his that's his choice and the things that he's gone through after that. I don't think anyone would, but all the power to him. I I can't I can't wait to see what he does now. Mm. And um, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what DC is after, after all this time. And I finally feel like. I finally feel like DC now embraces its, um, its multiverse, where we yeah. have we have something like the Joker and we have something like the Batman and we don't need to connect it. Yeah, I think that the audience. We've talked about this before. Audiences are now smart enough to not need connecting threads and you can have them the the way that they all the the snyder verse films even the stuff after have a, a even just a tangential link like tangential sorry link the way that the justice league does turn up at the end of peacemaker there oh okay this is all the same place but you can have you know your standalones um particularly with batman because you know you have the joker and bat and the batman um, they can be whatever they are. It's the same thing happened in you know the the early the late nineties or the the mid nineties when TV started to become less episodic um, and more overarching story. You know, if you look at things like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Sopranos in particular, um, they started having a continuity of story over seasons and not just through episodes, but over seasons. And we got smarter as audiences by following that. Now, that's all there is. You know, the only thing that you get now that isn't like that is maybe police procedurals and things. But any TV show you watch, Netflix, fucking HBO, any any of those shows, they are all have an overarching continuity for 10 to 12 episodes. You know, if we were to go later on and watch Moon Knight... And in the first episode, you get an origin and he fights one villain. And in the second episode, he fights a new villain. And the story didn't connect in, in, in the way that you now feel that it normally would. You'd be pissed off. You'd be like, hang on a second. I came for a big story here, not individual episodes of him fighting one villain per episode. And, and the same is said of, of, of these movies. There's, there's a lot going on, but I think people get it. I think people are going to catch on. Why is why is Batman from you know the nineteen eighties back in a Flash movie? Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. He's he's back and 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 the, the, again to go back to it only because it was a cultural touchstone. Um, no Way Home proved it. We're there. Yeah. You know we're we, in a we place are, where this stuff's all going to work. Yeah, and um, I know a lot of people when it comes out, especially especially a lot of people when it comes out are going to say that oh look this is copying. Uh, no Way Home or Marvel again. It's not that. It's really not that because this film was supposed to be released in 2018. Yeah. And also the, and the multiverse was was an idea a, a, like from DC Comics. Yeah. Know, Crisis on Infinite Earths came out in 1985. As far as I understand, Marvel did not have an aggregate for, for those kind of stories at that particular time. Um, you know, they had the Celestials and everything, but not, you know, multiple Earths you know, over however long they had it until they kind of tightened it all up. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, But again, p- people are smart enough. They're going to get it or they won't. And the people who don't just get rid of it. That's the thing about this. There's, there's, 
you know, if you don't like something, don't worry, there's another one coming right around the corner and that one will be for you. But if it's not for you, you can kind of put it down and, and, and walk away. It's not so... There's not so much stress around having to like things. Like if you don't like it, you can just not like it. Yeah. And uh, I feel like... I feel like we are at this point where where comic fans, especially from your generation, will be like, oh, so DC is doing this and Marvel is doing this. I can finally be in a time where I can love both. Yeah, and it's, yeah it's, very true. It's, it's, it's not saying that one thing, or like DC does something and it's bad and Marvel does something and it's good. It's just that financially, if, financially, if you see that, Marvel has made more money. And to be honest, I, I care more about the stories than... than to what the films make, but at the end of the day, it's not the stories that matter. It's, it's the amount of money that the film makes. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm glad to see that we're going in a direction which is fresh for DC. And I want to throw out a question to you now. Okay. What do you think a world looks like where we don't have DC films? Well, you stole my question from last week about the Marvels. Um, of course, but, yeah, of course, no. I did. Of this course, that's right. Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, hang on one sec. Literally sitting here in the dark, and I'm going blind because I'm just staring at the screen. Okay, sorry, no, podcast like, viewers, about that. Yeah. I was like, you, you've been so inspired by the Batman that you don't need light anymore. <laughs> I just need a really tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of light. Um, honestly, so let's say uh, Zach doesn't pick up Superman um, and uh, he... Uh, actually, that light's buzzing. Hold on. Oh, heaven's above. Oh, jeez, this is, this is action-packed for the viewers. Me walking around my house turning lights on and off for fucking out loud. Oh, okay. So... And my water bottle's rolling away. This is just the worst podcasting. Okay. Um, Zack Snyder doesn't do Superman. Let's say that he doesn't do Man of Steel. They give it to any of the people who were going to do it. J.J. Um, Abrams had, had a script. Uh, McGee had a script. Uh, David Goya worked on a script. Kevin Smith worked on a script that oh my you know, God. Tim, Tim Burton was going to direct. Me. With Nick Cage. With, and there was with they, Nick Cage. Yeah, they got so far into it. There's a documentary about it called Whatever Happened to... No. Uh, was it Whatever Happened to the Death of Superman or The Life and Death of the Death of Superman? Because it was supposed to be called yeah. The Death of Superman. It's a really good documentary if you, get a, if you get a, a chance to watch it. It's a really good doco. But anyway, more to the point. Any of those Superman films are what Man of Steel is and it doesn't work. I reckon we just go straight into individuals, you know. Batman gets rebooted and Affleck has nothing to do with it. Um, maybe they give Green Lantern a try again and they finally fucking use Jon Stewart, um, the the, the uh, African-American Green Lantern from the cartoon series. And they, they've recently released a picture, the actor who played him in what was unfortunately a cut scene from the Snyder Cut. Uh, you know, great, great image of... of um, the Green Lantern, the Green Lantern that I have in my head, you know, because that's that's where I know him from, even more so than Hal Jordan. Yeah, I think you start getting individual films because Marvel still has the success it has and DC yeah. looks at it and goes, all right, well, let's, like I said before, let's reverse engineer that. 
let's do just films that aren't connected. Um, so you probably do get a Joker in some way, shape or form. Maybe you get another trilogy of this or The Flash works better. So I think it, it ends up being mo- unconnected movies, but lots of them. Absolutely. Um, Why, what, what's, your, what's your take? I, I had a completely different take, which was... Uh, that's all right. You're wrong, was, but that's I, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he does he lowers me in and then he scares the shit out of me that's right that's 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 why you keep coming back um i'm, <laughs> I'm charming at the same time yeah so what okay you you don't think that they would do that what would they end up doing um, trying to do something else no i'd say i'd say that we could see a universe where that happens but for yeah. me at least for me right now it feels like if we did have the dc universe I think the superhero genre would have long been gone. Okay. Because it would have, it was have only been Marvel. Yeah. And so much oversaturation just leads to exhaustion. Yeah, well, you can see it happening. You know, it's it's already kind of happening. And what DC did, even with the Snyderverse, and now it, it provides variety. It provides so much more than. I don't want to say it provides so much more than Marvel because they're two different properties, mm-hmm. but I'd say it provides it provides more stuff, or provides more stories to fall in love with, where you just follow one universe and then you have you like you can only you have, you only have to stick with what Marvel does, but now you have these stories that you can fall in love with, and uh, the Batman's a prime example for that its uniqueness made it so popular. Yeah. And I'd say that's I'd say that's where we agree is that even with individual stories, we still we'd still have superhero films, no doubt. But we'd have a very different looking DCU and a very different looking Marvel universe as well. Yeah. Because they don't have they're not in competition with each other. There's no room for growth either. Like if that's, you know, DC has gotten consistently better because they had some stumbles. If they were great right out of the gate, then it would be, it would look very different also. So, you know, again, that's the multiverse. That's a, that's a whole other world of, of, of what could possibly be. I know we've been going on for a long, but I want to touch on something that not a lot of people do. Well, okay. Well, I was going to say, that's right. What what did you want to talk about? Because if it's what I think you're going to want to talk about, um, maybe that's the, maybe that's a whole other episode. Oh, you want to do that as a whole other episode then? I don't know. What do you reckon? Because do you want you want to talk about the animated movies, don't you? Yeah, a bit. Um, but I think that leads perfectly into what what we have for the Robins. So I think that could be a whole other episode then. That's true. I'm, yeah, We're, I'm fine oh, with that. So many content. I I, I reckon. <laughs> Uh, it, uh, so many content that's not that's not how you say that Riggs jeez spot the writer crying out loud so many content man there's just so many content um, well I don't know well, I, I reckon I reckon we we, we pause here and we, we come back uh, next week and we talk about um, yeah not only the DC animated universe which is producing some of the best stories that that have been done with these characters um you know, in particular, uh, the, the the final one of the sort of overarching universe, the uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, which was probably my favourite DC film, my favourite comic book movie of 
I think it was 2020 that came out or 2019. Um, but even, even more so like going back to the, they were pioneers in animation with the Batman animated series, just series. So I reckon, uh, I reckon we come back next week and, and that can be, that can be episode three. What do you reckon? I think that works. Awesome. Well, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for staying with us. It's been uh, it's been a longer one than normal, but um, you know what else are you doing? Uh, <laughs> probably living your lives. So um, as we do, uh, you know, once before, but now it's going to be a thing. We're just going to round up our favourites. We've got some favourites here, uh, and and you know the things that we really love. Uh, and you know, I'm not I'm not a huge one for ranking, but it's a little bit of fun. So um, Addy, can you please tell the folks what it is that we're ranking? this afternoon so we're doing our just like we did in our first episode mm-hmm. um we're doing two of our least favorite dceu films yes and then and then we're doing our top five dceu favorite films okay all right do you want to do and it like we did last time and go you go one then i go one we go sip 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 absolutely we could do that and then we're going to do our favorite moments from the dceu which is okay. the end yeah right? great Awesome. All right. Well, um, let's start with least favorite. You know, least let's, favorite. let's take the band aid off, and you know, first thing. Um, do, you you go first because I went first last time. You go first. What do you want me to flip a coin? My <laughs> coins have got both the same side anyway because I'm two faced. No. Um, okay. So we're just talking about the films within the continuity of Man of Steel and whatever the last one was that came out. Uh, it was uh, The Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Okay. My, my least favorites. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, my two least favorite DC films of that grouping are probably, no, not probably, they are absolutely the 2017 Justice League, um, which is a train wreck. And the uh, uh, <laughs> Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, the one with um, uh, I was gonna I was gonna make a joke about the Oscars then, but I won't. But anyway, you know, who's yeah. in that. everybody know who's in that in that film as Deadshot. Um, and there was a joke there, but I'm not gonna make it because it's it's low hanging fruit, <laughs> which can often be the most delicious fruit. But um, yeah, I I don't. I don't think either of those films work. We all know why Justice League didn't work. Um, and the reason that the Suicide Squad didn't work is because it was... There was too... All the parts were too big. There was no cogs. There was no wheels. There was no screws. Everybody was an arm of that chair. And you can't service all that. In in that story, there's just way too much going on. And it ended up being... An absolute mess and from what i understand it was terribly trifled with the same way that justice league was and that's not actually david Ayer's cut there was a whole thing about release the air cut you know what maybe don't maybe just fucking leave it alone and let james gunn take control of everything because homie knows what he's doing so yeah they're my my two least favorite what about you wow so um i thought this was the list or like the least favorite one that we that we both had the same films on but i guess not okay um uh, my least favorite film, the the two least favorite films that I have from DC is uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Oh fuck! I forgot about that one. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. now so so un, so up until uh, so we're just doing the DCEU, so we don't have the Joker and the Batman here. Yeah, yeah. This is how we, do. we don't have the Dark Knight trilogy. We don't have the Joker. And we don't have the Batman. Okay. 
So um, with, with that, we have about 11 films. Or if we have 11 films. So that means that so Wonder Woman 1984 for you is in your top 10 DC. No, it's first. not. Fucking shut your mouth. <laughs> well done. You booby trapped me, you bastard. No, actually, I will, I will stop laughing. I will remove Suicide Squad and put... No, nah, but now, because I really don't like Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad even more now for, for, for reasons that have become apparent. But I can't. You're right. 1984. The, the 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 optics on women in that film, and on the Middle East in particular, uh, it just and it is befuddlingly bad storytelling. Like a wish stone, you can get fucked. That's just it, it is bizarre. So yeah, I'm gonna remove. You're right. You're absolutely right. I I yield the floor to my 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 younger friend here. He's right. Wonder Woman 1984 is worse than the original Suicide Squad film. So well done, Addy. So now it means that we both have the same films. Yay! <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. I'm oh, sorry, I'm tangent again, but one of my favorite lines in in a um, an Avengers film is when in in uh, Age of Ultron, where he's like, "Sir, I'm reading, you know, an, an air current," and he's like, "Please be a secret door. Please be a secret door. Please be a secret door." Yay! I I yay. use that yay. <laughs> so often i do even when i just like you know have an extra donut that i forgot about or whatever um okay cool so and and, and the next is what are our top, top five favorites absolutely is so right? you go first you go first with your number five number five okay shit i didn't think to rank them i just got hang on no i can probably do it right, it's fine no i think i can it's do it okay. let me let me let me think real quick um so uh and then Actually, it's probably it's probably um, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Number five? Uh, no, actually, Shazam. Shazam is number five. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think I think you, you actually. I don't think it wouldn't have been had you not talked so glowing of it. And I'm thinking about it, going, "That movie is baller. I'm going to watch that shit again, again and again and again. It's so good." Um, uh. The bit where he's in the in the thing, he's like, "Hey, how you doing? I'm a superhero." Like, it's just so sweet and silly. Like, it just silly appeals to me a lot. I don't know if you folks can tell it out here, but I'm very silly. So, okay, yeah. So, Shazam, Shazam, Shazam is my number five. What's your number five? My number five is Wonder Woman. Okay, yeah, cool, cool. I haven't I haven't rewatched that since the cinema. Funnily enough, I I don't know. Just didn't go back. I think it does a very good job of being a superhero film and being a war film at the same time. Yeah, which is, I mean, Captain America, the first Avenger, was a pretty good beta test for that. I think they work within their a genre within a genre is always interesting. So yeah, cool. Okay, Wonder Woman. All right, um, my number four is, and I'm just gonna make sure I'm not gonna stuff this up because am I gonna hang on? Wait. Yeah, no, yeah, so it'll be Zack Snyder's Justice League, the four-hour epic, is my number four. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that film. There, I don't have a problem with the length. I, I, I really don't. I just You can watch it in pieces if you want. I didn't. I watched it all the way through. I just think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get Zack having the opportunity to come back and go, hey, folks, look what I got for you. 
this is what it was yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, like it was always going to be, check it out, you know. Um, I, I think that's really great. And, and everybody, you can tell everyone's having a really good time. Even though it's Absolutely. quite it's quite earnest and dour in places, it's still they're all there for the same reason. And you don't get people coming back like Ben Affleck and and uh, um, I know Gal and, and and Gal, like I'm friends with her. Um, Gal Godot and uh, Mr. Henry Cavill didn't come back for reshoots, but everybody else did. Um, and that's a testament to who Zach is, I think, as a person um, outside of, you know, filmmaking. Uh, he's, he seems like a really solid dude and, and it's it's great that he got to to finish his vision. That's awesome. I completely agree. Is, you, is that your number four? Uh, no, my number four is Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. We talked about that glowingly. It's 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 such a good film. I love it so much. I can't. Like, it's I can't. A, it's a it's a film. Either you you don't get it, or you get it and you love it. It's it's just that. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. It's it's it has a broad appeal but it also has a really specific appeal too so you can watch that and go oh that was quite good and then for some people like me it's just going to grab you and be like yes like my my sister in law alex you know she she loves comic books um and uh you know we, we we trade comics all the time she's a big dc fan she adores that movie it really speaks to her because it's you know it's for her it really is for her um you know for for a young kick-ass woman who who uh, you know loves loves this genre. Finally, there's some some people who she recognises on screen, um, and it's and it's great for that. But it's also just a really well-made movie. It's well directed. The action's great. It's a beautiful script. Yeah, can't be beat. It shouldn't be number four, but whatever. <laughs> you, we'll see what my number one is, and you can yell at me. Okay, uh, so my number three. Are we up to number three? What was your number four? Are you... No, I did number four. My, my number four oh, yeah. was the Justice League. Exactly. Okay. That's right. Um, yeah. My number three is uh, Man of Steel. Um, okay. Oh, man. You should have seen his face then. No, 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 no. We're not doing this again. No, yeah. I'm going to put up screenshots okay. of you getting mad at me. No, um, I, I do really like that film. I think it's a great introduction to Henry Cavill's Superman Um uh, there, there are some problems in the third act there, like I've said before. Michael Shannon as Zod? Are you kidding me? That is some of the best casting on earth ever. The way, the way he says, "I will find him." Oh, it's, it gives it gives you chills, man. He's terrifyingly good, and just the the he's so committed, and he's kind of a bigot. Like he's a kind of a racist. He's like no pure-born people who are who are genetically bred to be one thing or another are are the 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 master race. Uh, superiors, yeah. Yeah, and and you know he comes to Earth and going, oh hey Earth, by the way, you're harboring one of my people. Give him up, or I'm going to kill everything. Just such a great representation of the character of Zod. Um, yeah, I love it. Love that film. Okay, you you did number three. You did number three. Just one. <laughs> okay, just no, no. just going back to Matt, just going back to Matt again. Yeah. Sure. Uh, for you, um, there's there's an amazing line that's that's just not in my favorites because I forgot, uh, but I'm I'm just gonna say it here, uh, is when Superman finally comes and he and uh, it's Zod that's gonna 
I think he's going to blast Metrop Metropolis with his uh, with his spaceship. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's called. Um, it, it's it one of those big, crash. the big penis things that they're in, or you mean the end bit? No, that's the the end not the bit. Phantom Zone things. Yeah, the not other the thing. Phantom Zone. Yeah. yeah. It's the one they go out of the Phantom Zone with. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right, and so so Kala just barges into the ship, and it's it's the ship that contains all those uh, all those genetically modified babies, mm -hmm. like the last ones. Yep. And uh, and so it's like if you destroy this ship, you destroy Krypton. And, and uh, Henry Cavill has his uh, laser eyes. And I love the fact that when he has the laser eyes, there are cracks underneath his iris. In the veins. So like, yeah, you can yeah, see where it's coming and, from. Yeah, very cool. And so and, and it feels like it hurts him. So he, he like turns off his laser eyes for a second. He says, Krypton has its chance. Oh, yeah. Krypton had its chance. And he just lasers the whole thing. He's He's got some like serious balls um you know uh, again not male balls just metaphorical balls story balls he's got story, story balls. balls that's going to be <laughs> an absolutely recurring theme on this podcast um yeah henry cavill story balls <laughs> that's that's it's actually some ornaments you can buy at christmas to put on the christmas tree those one get your new henry cavill story balls for your christmas tree no um yeah the the He's a bit hardcore. He's a bit yeah. hardcore, you know. He he only at the end. Only yeah. at the end. I mean, but he's he Superman never wants to make that decision, but he makes that decision because it, it's the right one, you know. Killing is is and 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 violence are never the answer, but when you're dealing with, you know, threats the, the way that Zod is, sometimes you got to snap some necks, you know, especially with alien people. Um, so yeah. that sounded that sounded horrible. I'm sure aliens are lovely, but Zod was not. Um, okay, so number two, we're up to number two. Uh, no, let's go my number three. Oh, you could do number three. Go. Uh, my number three is yeah, it's uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Right. Yes. Wonderful picture. Right on. Long. Yes. <laughs> hey man, I I watch I watch every. I watched uh, every single Lord of the Rings film in its entirety, like the the extended version, every, every six months. So a long film is is my kind of film. So I love it. I'm with you. I'm with you, buddy. My one of my favorite films of all time is Lawrence of Arabia. That movie is like three hours and fifty four minutes long, or something like that. And I probably watch it four times a year. Um, yeah, I, I'm not worried about length. It's a it's a good film. Uh, um, Zack Snyder's Justice League and 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 Lawrence of Arabia also good films, um, just very different. Um, cool. All right, my number two is uh, Aquaman, and uh, and I'll tell you why. It's a fucking cartoon. Jason Momoa is. It is. It is. It's a cartoon. Is it endlessly is. charming. He is. I could I could watch him read me my own eulogy. Um, and uh, James Wan, local boy, local Aussie boy. Um, respect. Just. Fantastic director. It has such such style and um, such a slickness, and uh, you know Dolph Lundgren for fuck's sake! Like put Dolph Lundgren in a movie and I'll turn up, especially if he's a fish man. Um, and uh, that third act after Aquaman gets the golden shining armor, and then and then like 
the wars going on between all the different crustacean men and the squid people and the shark people and all that stuff. And boom, in comes Jason Momoa riding a fucking kraken that is voiced by Julie oh. Andrews. I mean, what, what more? Yeah, Julie Andrews does the voice of that kraken thing. Mary Poppins okay. herself. Like, the absurdity is is is, is chef's kiss. So, uh, yeah, that's that's absolutely my number two. What's your number two? Well, my number two is the Suicide Squad. Okay, by James Gunn. Yeah, right on. I, I feel you. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Good, good film. I've I've only seen it the once, so I, maybe it'd be higher if I see it a few more times and reappraise. But why? Why did you? Why is it that high? It's hope. It's it's Superman that's inside of me. That's it's it's hope for a better DC. Is right what on. that film? Yeah, that film is to me. Sorry, just a look, quick, quick little tangent. Do you remember back like two hours ago when we started this podcast and I forgot something that I was going to say? Well, yeah. I remember what it was now because you just let's said, go, oh, let's go. Let's go. It, it was about that you were talking about putting on that, you know, when you see the trailer for Superman, you put on that T-shirt you've got on now with the S on it and you feel, you know, you put your hand down. You, you know you're not going to fly, but you feel strong. Um, I used to play drums in, in a band, like a, a rock band. Um, geez, I sound like an old man when I say that. I used to play in a rock band, but I I would wear singlets like the one I've got on now because I I find it hard to play drums with sleeves. You know, you, you can't move as well, and so I would have all these different singlets that I would like alternate through gigs that they would have stuff written on them, and one of them was um uh, like a red on black Superman S, uh, and I've got to tell you, man. Come. Exactly. Yeah, from Kingdom Come. Oh yes. And um, I've got to tell you, it, like, it's so silly, but it makes you. There's some power behind that symbol, whether you believe it, whether it's placebic or not, whether it's all in my head, which it probably is. But something about that symbol, it does. It, it has a real, it has an emotional weight to it that that I I don't think everybody gets, and that's cool. Not everybody has to, but I I just feel, I feel stronger when I'm wearing it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, just to just to reiterate, wait, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. So I thought you were stuck. Oh, because I didn't move for a second. Hang on, I'll just I'll constantly <laughs> move, and then you'll know that I'm not. We're on Zoom, by the way, everybody. It's that's that's why it's a bit weird. Um, yeah, no, I'm still here. You were gonna say? Yeah. Um, just to go back to your point with uh, the symbol of House of L. Um, I think it was in the Crisis of Infinite Earths with. CW that you do every TV year. TV shows, where, yep. yep. Where it's it's wonderfully said by Brendan Ross, where Lois asks, well, why is there black there? And uh, he says, well, because even in the darkest of times, hope cuts through. Yeah. And yeah. it's 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 just that like that that is Superman and it's it's so welcoming and it's it's like you belong right this this is where you are yeah yeah i totally agree and those you know maybe we'll touch on them next week when we talk about the animated series those tv shows have done quite well i i i've watched those series some of them and uh the crisis um episodes in particular recently and uh and 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 enjoyed them a lot so um but let's get back to uh to the dcs thanks for my little tangent there i just couldn't believe that i remembered that after you know four and a half hours or whatever this this podcast is officially probably longer than Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, my number one, of course, is is Birds of Prey. Um, I've told hey. you why. Yay! Go Birds of Prey. 
It's 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 the shizzle, mm-hmm. um, and, and I love it so much. And I've and I've already stated why I love it so much. So let's go straight over to you, Addy. What's your number one drum roll? You already know mine, because we talked because we talked about it, and I was like, man, why do you know me so well? Yeah, is it? What is it? Man of Steel. Man of Steel, of course, of course it is, because it gives one hope, and Henry Cavill has chest hair. It's amazing. And uh, because because now we can do this because we have a podcast, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna officially say that Henry Cavill is also like Chris Evans, as in um, a gift to humanity. He's a lovely human being. He is. Uh, so remember when that video came out of him like putting together a computer? Oh, yeah. And, and and everybody in the world fell in love with him, you know, because he's he's a he's a like. And there's that story going around that he was nearly late for his Man or Steel audition because he was busy playing. I think he was playing The Witcher, wasn't he? Like ironically enough, or he was playing video games anyway. Yeah. Just yeah. It's it's a great movie and it's and it's a really great starting point for what this ended up being. It'd be interesting to see where it would have gone had things been a little bit different. But here we are, here we are right now, and we get to here talk about are. it for the better part of two and a half hours. So, um, but yeah, we're we're coming to a close now. But Addy's got some favourite lines. Yeah, from, from and the just Superman. to just to you know uh, say like because we're ending now mm-hmm. in a bit. I just want to say it's it's kind of hurtful to me, even though I'm I'm wearing I'm wearing this I'm wearing the House of L symbol on my chest. Um, it's hurtful that uh, this year in 2022 it marks nine years without a single Superman film, and uh, next year will be officially ten years since we got Man of Steel. Wow! And uh, just you know, do something. <laughs> You hear that, Warner Brothers? Fucking get on it. Will ya? Ridiculous. I must, for our international fans and, um, and you know, people, uh, uh, particularly who, people who are fans of, of Addy's uh, page on, on Instagram, before we started this podcast, I must sound so Australian because my accents, it, get, it gets a little bit crazy sometimes, particularly when I'm tired, like it comes through a lot more. And I'm just hearing myself now and thinking about people on other continents hearing me going, man, those Australian guys are really articulate sometimes. And then they say the F words six times in a row or whatever. <laughs> no, we're not all Chris Hemsworth, all right? Anyway, back to business. I, I, feel, I feel like that's a good thing. Not everyone can be Chris Hemsworth. Not everyone should thing. be Chris Hemsworth because let's face it, he's tall. Um, oh yeah, he is a tall man, and not everyone wants to thaw. So you've got some favorite lines. I want to hear what your favorite lines are, and then I'm going to tell you my favorite DC line of all time through all of the everything. So you Just give me your five, day. and I'm going to give you one big one. You give me five little ones, and one big one. So this just proves that I love DC more because I have I have more here than I had for my MCU one. That's okay. That's all right. Five's a good number. <clears throat> No, I got seven. Not five, <laughs> seven. <laughs> cool. Which, which, ironically, when when Justice League in 2017 was coming out, the poster said, unite the seven. But we never got the seven. No, no, that's that's bad branding. That's what that is. But I got seven, so yeah. 
Unite your seven, Addy. I just hit the microphone. You unite your seven, and I'll unite my one. Right. Um... <laughs> you. Okay, what you do is you do them, and then I'll guess what movie they're from. That's really easy, but okay. Okay, is it? I don't know. I like easy games. I'm, I'm, I have low self-esteem. <laughs> this, come on, man. No, you, you're great. You, you, you're really great. Right? I'm only joking. That was, that was for comedy purposes alone. My self-esteem's fine. Okay, shoot. I want to hear these. All right, this is the. <clears throat> right for me, this is the most baller that Batman has ever sounded. Okay, so like, it's Batman. Shit. Okay. <laughs> I'll do that next time. There you go. It's all good. Um. Um. Yeah. I'm not. Do- I'm not doing the Batman voice. Oh man! <laughs> I thought you were gonna do it too. I'm like, really pissed off now. Um. I don't care how many demons he's fought in how many hells. He's never fought us. Not united. That. Not us united. That is from Zack Snyder's Justice League. <clears throat> it's a good of course line. It is. It's a good line. Next, that's one six. point to me. Uh, Hear this? That's one point. One. Number six. Um, ooh, this is going to be hard for you. Okay. You made me want to be a less terrible person. That sounds like an MCU line, doesn't it? it yeah, is, is, that, is that from the Suicide Squad? Nope. Shit. Where's it from? I give you one more guess. Okay. One more guess. Um... Ding, 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 ding. I don't know. Is it just Suicide right. Squad? <clears throat> no. No. It must be. It must be um, uh, Birds of Prey. Wow. Okay. This is Birds of Prey. It is. It is. It's Birds of Prey. Harley Quinn says it. Of course, I could hear it, but I couldn't sort of pick. I was close anyway. Okay. All right. All right, I don't get a point for that one because I suck. All right, number three. Oh, I was going to make you look so bad. There was a line from your favorite DC movie. Yeah, I know. I look, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and edit this part. No, I won't really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about transparency. So, number three. Uh, right. <clears throat> Rats are the lowest and most despised of all creatures. If they have purpose, so do we all. Well, that's that's the Suicide Squad because there's a rat. That's the Suicide Squad. I think I'm gonna have to rewatch that too. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a DC night tonight. I think, or tomorrow off. So why not? For for this episode, I watched. I only watched Man of Steel because that was the only one that that that's my favorite one. So that's the only one I watched. But I watched it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Like one after the other, or no? Just I I watched. I think I watched. And then I think. The next time I watched it was like Monday night. Okay, right, cool. Yeah, I was going to say, you just turn it off and then start from the start. That's that's baller move. Um, cool, all right, number three? Or number four? Wait, num- number four. Number four. <clears throat> I'm not broken and I'm not alone. Oh, hang on, hang on. That's, that is uh, uh, the cyborgs from... Zack Snyder's Justice League, and he says it to his his fake parents, who are those weird, mystical, Desard's friends talking to him. God, that that moment was so good, where he he separates that, and he's like, "I'm not, I'm not broken, and I'm not alone." Yeah, it's his his arc in that in that film is is why you're watching it. Absolutely. All right, number five. 
uh, number three. What did I say? You said oh, you're going three. up. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going. I'm going down, and you're going up. Okay. So you're you're working your way up to number one. All right. Cool. Yep. Number three. It's a, it's a long one. That's okay. But I'm going to say. I'm going to say not, it anyway. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> okay. The symbol of Parsifal means hope. Embodiment, embodied within that hope, is a fundamental belief. The potential of every person to be a force of good. That's why you will bring them. That's uh, Man of Steel, and it's and it's Jor-El talking to Kal-El after he gets the suit. And I didn't. It's before have... he gets. It's before he gets the suit. Yeah, he's in, and then he comes out, and and, and then and, he comes and out. then learns how to fly. Yeah, um, and I didn't even rewatch it twice. So hardy ha. Huh? All right, so not number. So this is number two. No, now it's number two. Now it's number two. All right, number two. It's all right. I'll explain why this is number two. Okay. After I say it. it's um, faith, Alfred. Faith. That is the Batman's. And he's saying that to Alfred, funnily enough. Um, and it, it's in Zack Snyder's Justice League again. Yes. It's when he's about to get on the on the on the plane to go and yeah. He's about to fly into the third act of that film. Um, <laughs> that was sweet. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you can keep it. That's that's for you now, my friend. All right, and number one favorite quote from a DC property within the Snyderverse. Hi, son. It's time. Well, that's just going to be Man of Steel again, isn't it? And it's that's Zach, that's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Is it? Oh, that's right. Where it's both Jor El and Jonathan what? Kent. Yeah, yes. man. You 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 put you just you put Kevin Costner and Russell Crowe in a movie, and and you're going to get something. You're going to get something. It's wonderful. Well, that was that was a a roller coaster. I'll tell you that much. Um, thank you so much. Everybody for uh, for listening. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm, 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 get, I'm getting now. I'm winding up. I'm going to finish the episode with it. It's called being dramatic, man. Sorry, God, sorry. he knows nothing about <laughs> theatrical, ladies and gentlemen. But we do, don't we? Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and 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 people of all sorts as well. Ladies and gentlemen, such an anachronism. So I will just say. To all of the wonderful listeners out there, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit longer, but hey, like I said, what are we all doing but um, sitting down and talking about some fun stuff and and enjoying friendships and movies, and it's all beautiful, and uh, and we love it. And, and we hope you come back again next week. We're going to talk about uh, the DC animated universe. There's a lot of stuff going on there, um, past and present. Um, it's going to be a, a pretty baller episode. So please come back and join us again. And uh, to finish up, Addy, my favourite DC movie quote of all time comes from the Superman film from 1978 with Christopher Reeve and Marlon Brando as Jor-El. He was in that movie for all of about 12 minutes. Homie got paid $1 million in 1978 money, um, which is ludicrous if you think about it. It's amazing that someone with that much contempt for the profession of acting could be so good at it. But anyway... He has a line. It was also used in the trailer for um, Superman Returns when that came out. And he says... Okay. I think I know what it is, but you go on. You think you know what it is? Well, well I'm going to do it. So I've been building up to it, for not for nothing. Okay, so the line is, 
They are great people, Kalel, they wish to be. They only lack the light to show the way. For this reason, above all, their capacity for good, I have sent them you, my only son. Now that gives me goosebumps every single time. Wonderful. Thank you so much again for for joining us, uh, folks. We really do appreciate it. Addy, thanks, buddy. It was great to see you again. And uh, say goodbye to our pals here. Thank you so much, uh, fellow Filmatics, for joining us and uh, to every new listener here. Thank you for coming. Hope you stay. And uh... <laughs> what a great pitch! Nice. <laughs> I also hope you stay. And uh, but we'll be back next week with some more fun. Absolutely. So, uh, join us. And then. for the and for the people who are watching this on YouTube and not listening on Spotify, again we we're, we're on Spotify, and this episode will go on Spotify in about a day or two after we record it. There you go. Um, so you can listen to it again. Just thank you for being here. Thank yeah. you for listening. Join the conversation. We love a little bit of interaction. And remember, you can also find both me and Addy on Instagram. Addy is, uh, uh, what's your actual handle? It's... Uh, nah, it's, uh, I, I, go, I go by Filmatic. It's just at Filmatic, isn't it? Or Filmatic That's Reviews. At Filmatic Reviews. Yeah, so it's at Filmatic underscore reviews. And I'm, of course, uh, at the Stitch Up underscore with Riggs. Come check us out for some other funny stuff. And uh, we'll see you next week, folks. Thank you so much again. Take care. The following podcast contains my dick. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's a good blooper. I'll put that at the end. <clears throat> okay. <laughs>